0: Well, it is another another day in 2020, and once again, those of us who live, uh, I guess, the Gulf Coast, in the South, whatever you want to say, we are facing the threat of a hurricane. And uh, man, this thing's been crazy. It's been hard to figure out. Uh, A lot of people have uh, canceled their services, in which we did tonight at South Macomb Baptist Church as well, and that's something I pastored for 28 years. We didn't have to do. We had hurricanes, lived through Katrina. Uh, we were able to have services a couple weeks uh, with fans <laughs> and basically flashlights. But man, this year is something. So anyway, I hope that you'll stay safe. And by the way, if you had not figured it out, this is Wednesday, October the 28th when this is being recorded. It's almost quarter to eight in the morning and we've been scrambling around counseling services trying to get the word out. And so uh, I thought I'd sit down a minute and talk to you. Listen, if you have your copy of God's Word, if you'll turn... To the Gospel of Matthew, we're going to look at those first four verses as Jesus <laughs> calls the disciples, guys who helped turn the world upside down. Now we found that out in the Book of Acts; <clears throat> they had no idea where the future would take them uh, when they were called, but it took them uh, to a world-changing and life-changing ministry, not only for others but for them as well. And so, I want to uh, I want to talk about that a few minutes. And I want to just kind of look at some things that happened there. We're going to focus on this passage in Matthew 10. And when he had called them, Matthew 10, 1, uh, when he had called his disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these. First Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Bartholomew. Uh, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and, and Levius, uh, whose surname was Thaddeus. Simon, the Canaanite, and, and Judas Iscariot, who had also betrayed him. Now, there there are 12 guys there. <clears throat> 11 who uh, were sincere and one who attached himself there for what he could get. We're not going to focus on Judas. We're going to think about the 11. One of the things that happened when people uh, saw what Jesus did and what these men, what these men were doing was, man, they were amazed. Listen, you go back, you read God's word, you look at what happened here. They just, it amazed them to see the things that Jesus and the disciples were doing. It was incredible. I wonder what happened. What's happened to the church? What happened to that? When people see us, they're, they're, they're just blown away. What happened? What happened to that? People looked and learned and expressed their amazement at things that were taking place, things they'd never seen before. And we look at it today, we talk about it, we preach on it, and then we realize if we're, if we're wise, if we're, if we're, you know, really concerned about our churches, hey, something's happened to us. We are not the people who did the things that these guys did. And, and listen, I'm not talking about wild, fantastic, miracle-working things. I'm just talking about living lives that, is pure, that are pure, that are committed and connected uh, to our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. What happened to us? Well, the opportunity is still there, we just sometimes don't take it. But when we do take it, I'm telling you, people take notice. Uh, A few years ago, a group of us went to Florida to help with a feeding unit uh, where we prepared meals for thousands of people every day uh, for a week. In fact, it was one of the things that that really made me hope and pray that God would work it out, that Kathy and I would be able to take uh, the opportunity when it rose and always seems to be arising. Uh, to work more with disaster relief. Unfortunately, so far that hadn't happened. God has opened other doors, and we're thankful for them. But we're hoping one day he'll open that door and we'll be able to return back uh, to disaster relief. Uh, but our experiences, we loaded up. Let's see. Uh, there was, I think, five or six of us in Kathy's Explorer. How we all got in there with our luggage, I do not know. I cannot understand. I cannot explain today. But we did. We loaded up. Uh, and we took that long journey, and it was a long journey. In fact, we stopped halfway or about halfway, a little more than halfway, somewhere in Florida and spent the night at a Baptist encampment and uh, and then drove on down uh, deeper uh, into Florida. Mariana, I believe is the way that you pronounce the name of the, of the city. Uh, so we got there that day and saw a bunch of people who had been there the week before. They were waiting. We were their replacements now, I had worked one day in a feeding unit. Oh, no, no, me, one week, not one day. In a feeding unit in Frankleton, Louisiana, when we had floods several years before. And uh, so I'd had a little experience, not lot. Kathy had worked with us, so she had a little experience, not much. Uh, one of the ladies we had with us had no experience, and she wound up leading the kitchen crew. She did a great job. Always, 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 uh, I think about Kim. Her name is Kim. And always, always i think about kim and the work she did that week what a great job she did and then margaret who was with us uh she i forget the title they gave her she wound up kind of organizing things getting things out but uh, kim and the rest of us worked with the feeding unit margaret kind of oversaw everything although she would come and help us some but man what a what a great week what a busy week it was one of the hottest and hardest working weeks i've ever had in my entire life and i've had, <laughs> i've had some hot and hard weeks when i worked construction uh, but we met some wonderful people that week that made a mark on our life. We fed people we will never meet or know. Uh, but we knew that they were appreciative of what we had done. And when we saw any of them, they thanked us by hugging us or shaking our hand. And I have to admit uh, that, that I was a little more, uh, that was a little more than I could handle at times. Um, but we did the best we could. Uh, one day, just to give you an example, one day, uh, a, 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 I guess it was a semi-pro or our college baseball team came by. I didn't really understand. I'd been working, and somebody came over and got me and said, hey, the, the baseball team's here, and they want to say thank you. Well, I, I never did learn uh, what baseball team. Man, those guys, a bunch of young guys, and they saw what was going on, and they saw uh, this group of, of adults and, and younger younger people and older people. I mean, it was a really mixed group. Not Well, we had brought one young person with us, uh, uh, not even 20 yet. So there were a young person or two around. And they thanked us, and they were just blown away by what we were doing, the meals we were preparing. I listen, I, I forget, I mean, uh, we we prepared meals. Uh, I'm not going to give you a number. I used to know the number, but I don't want you to uh, question it or be surprised by it. But it was thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of meals uh, that we fed folks. And that was a lot of work. So we visited with the, uh, the, the, the baseball team for a little while, personally. And he uh, got more to I could take as these young guys who lived in Florida or, or go to, went to school in Florida. I don't know how many live for, for, from Florida. As they just, man, they were just blown away and uh, by the people would come from Louisiana and Mississippi were the people uh, that particular week. They thanked us and, and kept on speaking. I just, I just got to be more than I could handle, more than I could take. So I went back to <laughs> doing what we were doing in the feeding unit, getting ready to prepare the food. Now, for those who don't know, I'm not know uh we prepare the food and other people deliver it. That's the way it goes. Uh, disaster relief guys prepare it, and um, you see the big ambush looking things and everything that go out and they deliver it. Now, you know, so we it's kind of a joint effort, working together. And, and by the way, it has to be that way. You can't. Yeah, the guy, the people prepare the food have to. When they prepare a meal, they have to turn around and start working on another meal. And in fact, at the at where we were. Uh, the people who worked at the feeding unit got up early. I don't know how early? Well, before the sun. <laughs> and we fixed breakfast for the workers. Then we went right into fixing <clears throat> the first meal of the day, which had to be in the trucks and loaded by about 10 o'clock, if I remember right. 10.30 maybe at the latest, but I think it was about 10 o'clock, maybe at 9.30, because they would have to load it up. Then they but those trucks would have to go out. They were endless looking things is, is what they took them in. And they had to take them to the sites, deliver them, and then we had to start working on lunch. <clears throat> and plus, fix lunch for uh, the workers. Now, typically, you know, you say, well, why didn't you, did you just eat what you fixed? No, we typically didn't do that because where the food comes from, Now, that's a different part of the chain, and I can't explain it. But they had that kind of measured out and decided. And so, typically, we the meals we ate were different than meals we set because of, you know, the math and, and things like that that was done. So... Uh, we would we would work on breakfast. we work on uh, dinner to sit out. And then we would fix a little something for the for the people to eat. And then we'd have to come back uh, instantly and start fixing that evening meal. And so they went on every day for a week. And, yeah, boy, I'm telling you, it was something. And, and our two ladies, I mentioned before, they were amazing, the work they did. And the others with us, they just did great work. Appreciate, appreciate them. Uh, uh, we had a young lady with us, Allison. I think that was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a an awakening for her. Bless her heart. I don't know that she understood what she was getting into. But anyway, so we worked all week, and it was it was I mean it was incredible. Now we had these two guys. I haven't really told this part of the story too much. We had these two guys. Their ministry. And I've always worked feeding units. I love to do that. Uh, my chainsaw days are over. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but these two guys, these two older gentlemen, man. They they worked chainsaws and chainsaw ministry and they spent they spend most of their life when there's a disaster leaf need they're both retired I don't know what they did I'm not gonna call their names I remember their names but I'm gonna call them uh, but they they worked chainsaw ministry every and they happened to be staying with us at the place we stayed it was a church that opened their buildings to us and we were fortunate enough that when we got there, we actually had electricity. The we the, the people were there the week before did not. And so uh, however long they were there, whether it was two weeks or three weeks, we were the first group to have electricity. Now, we also finished the, the feeding booth, loaded everything up, and and they moved the the project somewhere else. But anyway, we got to talking one night to the two guys who really got up, ate breakfast with us, and left, and we didn't see them again late at night. Uh, to go, you know, work with the Chainsaw Ministry. And we got to talking to them and listening to them tell stories about where they've been, how you know, the work they did and the people they met. And I never forget uh, them telling the story about them meeting a guy that was from another, well, another part of the world that has a completely different religion than what we normally find uh, in the places we live anyway. And it was one of those it was one of those religions that a lot of people have really, uh, well, the views of it, you know, I'm not saying not deserved because of some of the things people in that religion have done. But when they showed up, this man had a tree in his house, on his roof, to cut the tree. The man said, you don't want to cut my tree. Now, I'm paraphrasing the story, trying to cut it short. And he said, why not? Said, well, I am. And he told he told what religion he was from. And he said, and we're at war with one another, basically. And they said, we're not at war with you you got a tree a tree on your roof. We're here uh, in the name of Christ to take that tree off. And we're going to do that. We're, we're not coming to judge you or argue with you about your faith, your religion. We're here to minister to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it took some convincing for this individual to allow them on, their, on his property because he was so sure that they had ulterior motives, that they wanted to maybe inflict harm in his life. And they didn't. It was pretty amazing, their description of watching that man watch them do the work. Now, I don't know if that man came to Christ. As far as I know, you know, that's not the story they told. But they told the story of a man they ministered to who did not think they would minister to. That's what happened when the disciples became men of God. They ministered to people that didn't love them, didn't like them, didn't care for them. And often, well, often tried to hurt them, but they ministered anyway. And they saw amazing things. Well, all week long we worked. We worked hard. We sweated. Oh, my gosh. In fact, it got, uh, the work was so intense one day. Uh, Kathy, who at the time had two bad knees. Bless her heart. Well, people have given me a hard time about dragging her on that on that little mission project with her two knees. It just got to, she had to, one afternoon, she just had to go lay down for a while. Uh, we've since had surgery. And uh, both knees are repaired and fixed. In fact, I guess, really, she had had one bad, she had the one knee already repaired, perhaps. Yeah, and then was waiting for the other one to be repaired. And a lot of reasons why we didn't get repaired when it first needed it. But it just got to be more than she'd be. And so she had to uh, go lay down for a while one afternoon. And she missed, if I'm not mistaken, the baseball team coming, I believe is the way it worked. But anyway, we made it to the week. Kathy got better. um, And the people who worked the feeding unit with us, oh, my gosh, we didn't know them all. But, man, we got close, got tight. And Kim... Uh, Kim got, uh, she got confident in what she was doing and she helped us get straight and get everything done and get all the meals fixed. In fact, I'll tell you this, um, the lady who oversees things from the organization that delivers the food called us as we were, we got back in on a Wednesday night, um, come to church. No, 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 we got back in later, but somehow on a Wednesday night, coming to church. The lady Organization the organization saw things and called Margaret, who who kind of helped run things, and they thanked us for what we did. Said so they'd never seen a group work together as good as we had come to work together. And I think the, uh, I found out later the reason that she was so appreciative and amazed that she was told that we weren't going to be able to really do anything because there didn't anybody know anything. None of, none of us had really been uh, in a uh, food unit like that, fixing that many meals, and we weren't really prepared. And so she needed to be prepared to try to do what she could do to help us, encourage us, maybe bring other workers in. I don't know how that went. I do know that the Southern Baptist sent in a ringer. <laughs> they sent in a guy that I really like. His name's David. And uh he was what they call a blue hat. Now those who work disaster relief wear yellow t-shirts, uh, uh the, the common workers as I call us. Uh but those who are in authority, who have supervision uh, who have supervisory uh responsibilities, they wear blue hats and wear you know button buttoned up shirts and things, and so David come in. And I don't know what he was told. He never really was uh honest about it. Uh I don't honest in the right word, but uh open about it. But you can tell he came in. He was not expecting he was expecting trouble. He expected it very hard. And uh, he came in, and we were fixing supper, I believe. And uh, he just watched us for a while, and, like, he was amazed. And after supper, you know, we go in <coughs> to eat our meal with, with the group and get to meet him. And he says, I know that y'all aren't really prepared, that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, gosh, we've already worked two days, I think. Uh, but anyway, he had been told things. You know, sometimes you tell things, and you, you believe them. Uh, and that's why it's so important. Uh, that we behave and, and be the kind of people God wants us to be, because people have heard things and they believe it, but we can show them that that's not true. So anyway, David gave us a little pep talk and we went to bed. And um, I talked to him for a few moments. He didn't, like I say, he didn't really tell me what he'd been told, but I could tell he'd been told to expect it to be very difficult, very hard. So we get up the next morning. Those of us who are running the feeding, the the, uh, the feeding unit. Now there are a lot of things that go on. You have to have a lot of people. Uh, they have, you know, a cooking station, which we worked in. They have a, a station to wash, thi- uh, wash dishes. They have a station that moves things around. It's, man, it is a work in progress. You'd be amazed. So anyway, we get the next morning fix breakfast, get breakfast fixed, get it there on time. And I uh, see David as we're eating breakfast, and he's kind of looking, kind of watching. He's kind of, you know, you can just kind of see this look on his face. Like, well, this ain't what I was told. So we leave soon as breakfast is over and go start fixing lunch. And we get it out, and we get it out on time, early, whatever, and they get it there. And David kind of comes by and says, y'all sent lunch already? Well, yeah, yeah, we've done that. And I said, Kim's you know, Kim's cracking the whip on us. And uh, so he went over, and he thanks Kim. And uh, so anyway, all week goes like that. And well, it was a great week, and we didn't have, and, and uh, David was amazed that it didn't all turn out like he'd been told, been warned or whatever, but a bunch of rookies. <laughs> so anyway, we get to the end of the week. And David decides to take us out that night to a restaurant. By the time we get to the week, in fact, the next day, we closed it down. We picked everything up and shipped it off. Uh, by the time we got there, everything went open, but things were getting open. Restaurants were getting open. Stores were getting open. Electricity had been restored to a lot of the places. Now, back in the subdivisions and all, and. Uh, they weren't being uh, put back yet, they, but they were getting close. But in our area, pretty much, things were getting open, and and you get to a point where they, when you need a certain number of meals, they put that to the next site uh, because it just gets where it's not feasible. You need to fix a good many meals when you're doing that. So we closed it down, picked everything up, and all the next day. But the night before we left, <clears throat> David said, listen, when we get through with supper tonight, we're going out to a restaurant. There's a place open and we're going to go there. Uh, well, And actually there were several places open then because where we were, were I don't know if it's called interstate or highway, you know how that goes. They usually work on those places first. So anyway, that night we go to a uh, to a family kind of restaurant. It's not a buffet but it would be very familiar to you. And, and wherever we go we had to wear those yellow shirts, those yellow hats. Uh, the, David wore his blue shirt, his blue hat, whatever. And uh, but it, people had gotten where they could identify you were with disaster relief. As so I forget how many of us there were. Uh, like I said, there was a, the five or six or whatever in our car. I forget exactly how many there were. I know there was five, I think. And um, so we all go into this restaurant and eat, and they sit us all together. And once we start walking in, I think David was kind of leading the pack. As we kind of get in, people begin to stand and applaud. And I didn't know what was going on for a minute. It took me to They were applauding for us. And then they, when we got seated, they would come over and <coughs> express their appreciation and their gratitude. And it was just an incredible moment. And it reminded me that what we would do in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ had touched people's heart and soul and, and for a moment helped heal some wounds. I read this today about these guys, 11 of whom made a huge difference in the world. I wonder today if you and I are more like the eleven or like the one. I hope we're more like the eleven, not perfect. Don't have it all, you know, have it all worked out, but doing the best we can to make an impact for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, that's the message today. You know, we try to give you a thought for the day. The thought today, and it's pretty simple, thought for the day. Are we making a difference for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are we impacting lives? Are we touching souls? Now, not every day is a disaster relief day where you're working in food units or chainsaw ministry and all those kind of things. But every day is an opportunity to serve our Lord. Every day is an opportunity to touch a life. Every day is an opportunity to do something for Jesus. Listen, I hope today, even with the storm coming, I hope today that you'll remember you want to be like the 11 and not the 1. You want to be like one of those who make an impact, who make a difference, to do what they can, to let the world know, as our chainsaw buddies did, we're not at war with you. We're not coming to condemn you. We're not coming to criticize you. We're not coming to pick you apart. We're coming to do everything we can in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to minister to you. Say, so Brother Danny, I, I'm not going to work in disaster relief. I'm not talking about that. I just use that as an example. Listen, disaster relief workers come and go. And since the day we did that, since the week we did that in Florida, there have been thousands and thousands and thousands of disaster relief workers go into places and do amazing things. And But for that moment in time, for that week we were there in Florida, we were able to touch some lives. I saw a picture last night, a disaster relief unit, which is probably in Lake Charles, Louisiana, where they have been feeding folks where another one came to Christ. another That's at least the second person in that unit that I know of that's made a decision, a profession of faith, because they saw what those people of God were doing, men and women working together. They came, I believe, the headline read, to bring some water, but they left, having received the water of life, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, let's be like the eleven, not the one. Let's make a a huge spiritual positive impact. Let's don't be part of the problem. Let's be part of the solution. Listen, at uh, DK Ministries, look us up on the Facebook, uh, dspreacherman at com. all lowercase. Send us your email. Let us know, complain, criticize, <laughs> or share with us an example of how you've seen how God, how God has worked through his people. Just doing things like those people in that work unit did, like Margaret and, and Kim did at that week, as they just excelled, uh, leading us to do beyond what we thought we could do. Bless those two, two dear ladies and their ministry, and bless you for listening today. As I said, gmail.com, all lower case. Let us know, share an example, send it to us on the Facebook, DK Ministries. We record these uh, podcasts on Anchor. We're going to repost today's on my story. Uh, But I hope that you'll listen. I hope that you'll tell others. And I hope you share with them. And by the way, remember today uh, what what the Bible said about these 11 guys. Listen. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him. See, the problem sometimes is we forget who has called us and where we're supposed to be. And we're supposed to be with him. Well, we've gone over our goal. We've talked too long. And so we're going to close. I hope you've enjoyed it. God bless you. Hope to see you soon. Be safe in the storm. Praying for you. See you later.